In 2020, today's guest suddenly found herself at the center of what could be the messiest political showdown in American history. She told a local newspaper that she had been sexually assaulted by her boss in 1993. Her boss was a guy named Joe Biden. Her story was eye-opening. Um, and what happened to her since should shake every American to the bone. She has since then faced prison. She's been accused of perjury. She's been accused of being a Russian operative. And this just isn't somebody on the Internet accusing her of that. This is her own federal government coming after her. The chaos has caused her to lose her house, her job. Uh, she has suffered health issues. Um, she moved out of California because she was receiving so many death threats. They even threatened to kill her pets and her horse. So she moved north, which normally I wouldn't think was a good idea, but she's living in um, part of another state that uh, at least part of it makes sense where she's living. While she was applying for uh, employment, she was told, we can't hire you. You're too big of a security risk. In her book, Left Out, um, when the truth doesn't fit in, she details a barrage of personal attacks that she's endured. She still can't find a job. Many of these attacks have been supported by the media. Thanks to them, the darkest moments of her life were paraded around like scenes in a cheap romance novel. But one thing is remarkably clear. Suddenly, they weren't interested in believing all women anymore. Suddenly, they don't care about the little person. How was this any different than the far less credible allegations made against Brent Kavanaugh by Christine Blasey Ford? That's a rhetorical question. We all know the answer. But it is a question that we must not stop asking and demanding an end to it. The one thing I hope you take away from this podcast today is here is somebody who you may not agree with politically, but she has pledged her life, her fortune, and her sacred honor for this country. She is proof that not only can we not give up on the pursuit of justice and truth, but her story will become my story and your story if we don't put all of the political divisions aside and come together for rights and justice. Today, please welcome Tara Reed. But first, before we get into the podcast, Eden Pure. Imagine what it would be like if you could flip a switch um, and make every odor in your home just go away, especially if you have a dog or oof, a cat. There is nothing worse than walking into a house that smells like soup and not good soup, like soup that was cooked like three weeks ago um, or smelling like an animal. Um, strange the people who live there sometimes don't notice it anymore because they're so used to it. Clean up the air and don't cover the air. Clean it up with Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. These are little teeny devices. I have three of them in my house and I just plug them into the wall. Um, this is not your garden variety of air purification. 
This uses uh, powerful O3 molecules that hunt odors down and destroy them. It also kills viruses, mold, and so much more. And they get to all the places you normally can't reach behind or under furniture. Um, you know, you're just always trying to cover it up with an air freshener um, or a Yankee candle. Don't. You won't believe the difference quickly in your house when your air has been purified and clean and there is no odor, odor in your house. It is crazy great and right now you can save two hundred dollars on an eden pure thunderstorm three pack for the whole home protection you get three units for under two hundred dollars it's a great deal your house is going to smell fresh you can also get them for your refrigerator which is also remarkable at least in my house edenpuredeals.com edenpuredeals.com put in the discount code of glenn three and save two hundred dollars shipping is free go there now Hi. I'm. I want to start with a question, and I don't Mm -hmm. mean it to be a hostile question in any way, shape, or form. Okay. You're you you didn't come on when we asked you, and you went to Megan Kelly, which is great. She's a good friend of mine, and (laughs) that was a great interview. Mm -hmm. Um, Your book came out two years ago, so Mm -hmm. you're not selling a book. No. Why are you here? Why are you here? What? Well, I think it's important. Um, you know, there's been a lot of discussion about how divided we are as a country. And I think because I w- had a background as a Democrat, you know, for a long time, um, I think this is a time for us to come together because this administration um, is worse than what even what I imagined. Um, you know, when I came forward about Joe Biden, I, I gave myself solace thinking, okay, he's president, but maybe it will be okay. Because, you know, I had the past of being a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And here we are, 41-year highest inflation. Half a million people are homeless. We're on the brink of nuclear war. When and, you, when, you know. When you, when you first came out, though, you, you were still a Democrat. Because I, if I... I'm sorry. So it's decades past every week, it seems. Um, but if I remember right, you were you were not hostile to the Democrats and it didn't feel like you were really hostile to him. You were hostile to being lied about. Mm-hmm. Right. So what has happened since then? Because you, you don't sound like a Democrat now in what I'm reading. <laughs> Abuse of power. Is what I saw and experienced personally, but also I think collectively, I think our whole country is experiencing it. Mm. And I feel badly because I dismissed some of the Republican views and warnings, and I think that they're right. Um, you saw someone very high profile, much higher profile than me, a veteran and a, uh, a person who served in Congress, Tulsi Gabbard, came mm-hmm. out and left publicly the Democratic mm-hmm. Party. When I came forward, I had left the Democratic Party. That's true. You okay. know, I, that, you know, right yeah. in 20 in 2019, when I first came forward, they called me a Russian agent. I know. I remember. Yeah. And that they basically Biden used his machine. He spent, according to FEC records, two point two million trying to silence my story alone. I don't even know what he spent trying to silence the Hunter Biden laptop story, which now has been verified, you know, 
I also, I watched the January 6th hearing, some of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And you know, I have a law degree, Glenn. Mm -hmm. I do. And they're extending sentencing. They're basically targeting Republicans as domestic terrorists, is what mm -hmm. they're calling them, for mm -hmm. thinking differently. And, um, you know, granted, no one likes violence on January 6th. No, right? Anybody yeah. who mm -hmm. has broken the law deserves the appropriate punishment right. as prescribed by the law. Right. And they deserve due process. Mm -hmm. um, and it uh, bothers me that there are people that are still waiting to be heard that have been scooped up. We're now, we're now going after guns of blazing 87 year old women for praying in front of an abortion clinic. I mean, this is crazy. I want lawbreakers to go to, and I don't care how they voted, but this is getting scary. It's getting to an authoritative state. And who would have, you know, thought because of the way they talk, the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? The Democratic Party. And I was part of that party for mm -hmm. many, many years. And I worked as an operative. I worked for Leon Panetta. I worked for mm -hmm. a state senator. And I can tell you that right now I don't recognize some of the people I see. They're so desperate to cling to power and wealth that the corruption is, is unbelievable. I mean, I feel like my case, what happened when I worked for Biden was awful. But what's more awful is what's happening, like for instance, in Ukraine, this proxy war that the US mm -hmm. is fighting against Russia, right? Using mm -hmm. Ukraine and NATO, $67 billion going to Ukraine when we have a half a million people that are homeless, 70,000 in Los Angeles. I mean, what's going on? And it bothers me because, I mean, I, I did a year's worth of research on the impeachment mm -hmm. and I enter everything that we do on let the chips fall where they may. If it's mm -hmm. our side, it's our side. It's right. dirty. I want it exposed. Yeah. And I went in and I honestly thought that there was something bad, maybe that Trump was doing with Russia and everything else. And I saw how it all tied back to Ukraine. And why is it that nobody is asking $67 billion? Mm-hmm. Where's the accounting? That's the most corrupt country. And we have a wildly corrupt government right mm -hmm. now. The world can be changed with five billion dollars. Right. Exactly. It's 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 amazing how how much money is going to this country. And I think that at any time soon, this will be exposed as one of the biggest laundering you know i agree in in the history I agree. and you, when you look at pelosi's i think it was pelosi's um child um john Kerry's, mm -hmm. and joe hunter biden. joe biden's mm -hmm. son and all the clintons on, mm -hmm, all on the board of barisma so you have this nepotism happening and people pocketing money mm -hmm. i don't think that it was meant um when this country was founded for representatives of congress to become multimillionaires no you know and that's what we're seeing so to go back to your initial question i've been listening to you i listen to tucker carlson now quite a bit mm -hmm. i'm i'm opening you know i started opening my mind because i started realizing wait a second the information i'm getting is very siphoned and we we end up in these bubbles and i think it's really important you know i may not agree with you on every single thing but it doesn't mean we can't have a conversation like this no and there's sorted out there's a i was just talking to tulsi gabbard just the mm -hmm. other day and i said 
um, you know, there's a, there's a tendency right now because mm-hmm. conservatives are so desperate for anybody like saying a nice thing about you at all. It's like, really? Um, and you have a tendency of go, they're coming to our side. And I said right. to Tulsi, I don't think you're necessarily coming to our side. I don't think mm-hmm. that she, I think classical liberals are have always been for freedom of speech and the bill of rights i mean that was the thing with democrats for a long time let's these rights are important Mm -hmm. now those have been shut out by the democratic Mm -hmm. party and we we have an opportunity to welcome people back into the fold of america not not into the fold of conservative Mm -hmm. america but of america that that is the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and the rule of law. Right. Um, is that kind of where you are? Exactly. That's exactly where I am. And um, hoping that we get some sort of dialogue. But it, we need to expose the crimes. And it takes, like, for instance, let's start with the Hunter Biden laptop or my you know, what happened to me, how it was suppressed in the 2020 election, which I think the Biden campaign used its power, used big oh, tech. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, it just was discovered they paid how much a million dollars mm-hmm. regarding the covid to try to mm-hmm. make jokes. And, you know, that's unconscionable. That's the, these are our lives that they're playing with just to just to hold on to power, a little bit of power and money. So I think it takes one member of Congress to open an investigation on Joe Biden. I think it should be done. I said that I would testify under oath and I would. And I think there are other women that would come forward. Now, there are women afraid to come forward because of what happened to me. Oh, there, were seven, yeah. there were seven other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you weren't the first, mm-hmm. right? And did it take others to step up to give you the courage? Or was it seeing that they were being dismissed? Well, in 1993, when it happened, right, I made a report to the Senate and about the sexual harassment. And I was going to go further and talk about everything if I talked to someone, but they immediately shut it down. And... Evelyn Lieberman was Joe Biden's press secretary at the time. And she, her, the person that worked under her came to me because he heard I had filed the report and he said, "Um, Tara, we will effing destroy you. Wow. And I was in my 20s. That was huge. It was like, you know, when someone said that to me. So it scared me. So then um, my mother went on Larry King, the famous Larry Mm -hmm. King call, right, without telling me. And I remember giving her such a hard time about that. And I feel bad that I did, Mm -hmm. but she was trying to protect me. But then I just decided to go on with my life and I, my life went on. And then um, around the time it was Lucy Flores that really kind of prompted me. Seeing her get torn up publicly, seeing her come forward, she was a young politician. And by the way, she doesn't have a career anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And my daughter was an adult at this time. So it wasn't as difficult as when, Mm -hmm. you know, during when he was vice president. And I decided, oh, there's the Me Too movement, there's Time's Up. And I went to Time's Up, like a lamb to the slaughter, not knowing that three people in leadership at Time's Up were already on Joe Biden's payroll. And they didn't tell me. Now that corruption's been revealed as you know, Time's Up was dismantled. Anita Dunn had to step down because of the corruption with the Cuomo case and my case. But do, does the public know? Not really. There's just silence. I want to paint you a picture of a parallel economy. Um, we have to have a parallel economy. 
And we have to have these entrepreneurs and these businesses that will do the tough things. Now, it's not easy doing business all in America. That's why I want to talk to you about Grip6. When you buy socks from Grip6, you're not just getting the best socks on the market. And I mean that they're they're wool socks, but they don't you know how wool gets saggy and there's no elasticity to them and they seem like they're hot. That's not this. When you buy these socks, you're supporting American jobs and lots of them. You're supporting the American ranchers who raise specially bred sheep that produce the modern wool. The American manufacturers who wash the wool, process it, weave it into socks. They've had to invent um, special machines or bring back special machines that would weave these socks because we got rid of all of them because we didn't do it anymore. The American business owners who have accepted the risk that comes along with only using American-made products and American labor need to be supported. You're not just getting socks. You are participating in a movement, making the statement to the rest of the world. America is open up for business, and you're getting a great pair of socks at the same time. Go now to grip6.com slash Beck. That's grip6.com slash Beck. Let me go back just for anybody, mm-hmm. and I don't want to dwell on this, but just quickly, can you say sure. what happened to you? I went um, to work for Joe Biden um, as a, a staff assistant. I was very excited. I thought this was the beginning of my career, you right. know, and all of that. Idealistic young yes. 20-something in Washington. Very dedicated to the Democratic Party. I had just interned with Leon Panetta. I had worked on congressional race, and a judge. I was just very excited to work with Joe Biden. You were, Mr. Was, you were Mrs. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So I go there, and um, immediately there was some weirdness about, you know, I had been an actor and a model. I was, you know, in my 20s, so I was, you know. Yeah, you attended. Whatever. Juilliard. Not only do you have a law degree, but you also... No, I, I didn't get accepted to Juilliard. I went to school, though, but, okay. but I did study classical theater. Okay. And um, I got accepted to Juilliard and couldn't, couldn't go. But okay. um, I loved acting and I loved all of that. But then I was really struck by political science. My mother had been a political activist. And um, I had this opportunity to intern with Panetta and work on a congressional race. And that's what led me to Biden. I was hired at the interview. Um, Joe Biden had breezed through because it was a uh, interview that at his scheduler's desk, basically, um, out in kind of a an area adjacent to his mm-hmm. office. So he was coming through. He met me and said, "Oh, your name's Tara. That's a good Irish name." And then she piped in and said, "Oh, he, um, you know, she used to work for Leon Panetta." And he said, "Oh, good guy." And then he looked at me and smiled, you know, that smile. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, "Oh, you're hired." And so I was. And then she looked at me and said, "Oh, I guess you're hired." You know, he said, hire her. Wow. So, so I thought, oh, well, this is how you get a job in D.C. <laughs> I had no idea. So it went from there when I was, you know, when he started wanting me to serve drinks at this event he was having. And then a staff member actually argued and said that's not part of her job duties because he said he liked my legs. And you know, he was just kind of he put wow. his hands on me. And I think people have seen enough videos. Oh, yeah. Of Joe Biden and how he doesn't really he just. He's creepy. Yeah, it, it's a it's certain vibe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when you warmly hug or shake hands with someone, it's usually just warm and just friendly. Mm-hmm. But with him, it had that edge to it mm-hmm. because that's his vibe. And um, I was sent to give him a gym bag. And then um, I described, you know, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, Megan Kelly, what happened. Mm-hmm. But he... Um, 
happened very fast and he sexually assaulted me in and we were in public it was in a public hallway there was no one there at the time but um he didn't have fear he didn't have fear as a matter of fact when he left and one of the vivid memories i have is you know he started out saying oh you're fine you're fine but then he was like you're nothing you know he got angry with me and he said you're nothing and he shook his hand in my face you know and then he turned around and then I, I was so stunned that he like took my shoulders and said, you're fine, you're fine. And then turned around and walked away and never looked back. And I'm um, just striding down, you know, the hallway. What did he mean by you're nothing? You're nothing. I don't know. But it stuck with me. It's, it stuck with me. And my vivid memory of sitting in on the stairs was it wasn't just the assault of what happened mm -hmm. of him doing what he did. But it was knowing that my career was over. I had said no and had pushed him away and his ego was hurt and that was that and it was that realization even as young as i was that that moment changed my life and it did and plus the the just the way he did it and he was so cavalier he didn't like try to come back later apologize he just went on so was it I'm trying to figure out how to ask this question. That's okay. Well, um, is it was it power? Was it sex? Was it a, attraction? What what was? What did you feel from him? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, actually, no one's really asked me that. Um, when I remember that moment, and this is years later, but it's still you mm -hmm. know I still sure. it's vivid. Um, it's like he was blank like cold he was he was quick and hostile it was like um i was up against a wall he was doing what he wanted to do and then it was you know over and it wasn't i didn't feel like there was no flirtation right there was no relationship there was no connection he didn't know who i was really other than i worked for him so there was no flirtation it was just no. on you it was just, you know, he smiled at me, he took the gym bag, and then he um, immediately had me up against the wall. He was kissing me and doing whatever, but what I, and his hands were underneath my clothes, it was all simultaneous, but there wasn't, I feel like it was, and I think I've described this part before, it's, it's almost like I was an object. He wasn't interested in me personally, or, and I almost feel like I was at the wrong place at the wrong time, mm. you know? Um, but it would have happened to anybody. I don't know anybody, but like, I think he, you know, he had been kind of touchy with me before and mm -hmm. he singled me out a few times, but I think he saw an opportunity because usually he had people around him. So as you watch all of the videos mm -hmm. and you see this and he's always so folksy, you know. Ah, uh, my mom, my dad, and yeah. Scranton, all this crap. Um, <laughs> Scranton, <laughs> yeah. yes, I know. Um, that's what he tries to appear, and he always says, the press always calls me Lunchbox Joe. We've looked it up. No press has ever called him Lunchbox Joe, mm -hmm. unless they're quoting him, calling himself mm -hmm. Lunchbox Joe. Um, so he has this impression of who he is, or trying to present that of who he is. Who is he really? Do you think my opinion is he's a megalomaniac? I think he's very insecure. Um, I think his insecurity 
amplifies and I think that's why the the lack of boundaries with women or the object you know objectifying women because he can he's arrogant look what he just said he said um, recently um, something about Putin can remain in power as long as he does who is he to talk about another sovereign nation's president that was elected that has a higher approval rating, by the way, than he does? And well, this is coming from yeah. you, a Russian agent. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. know. But but my point is, is that you see his arrogance, though, through um, I think there was an there's an interview, too, of him interviewing someone who exposed that was a lie about the weapons of mass destruction mm-hmm. in Iraq. And you see, you know, his just arrogance, the way he goes at people. Um he just uh, so I think just, he a, just said to somebody yeah. during the hurricane visit, nobody F's with Biden. Oh, that's and it, what's interesting is that didn't that stuff didn't come out during the election cycle, did it? Mm-mm. No, but Mm-mm. that's the Joe Biden that, you know, I knew. So he's protecting his son and and I'm a recovering alcoholic, mm-hmm. so I know about drug use. I know about alcoholism. I know it's you're sick you're really sick Mm -hmm. um and uh i know i'm also a dad of four i Mm -hmm. love my children i'll protect my children of course but there comes a time where you're like i've tried everything i can Mm -hmm. you have to find your own bottom and apparently you haven't found it yet Mm -hmm. he seems to enable Mm -hmm. his son is sending him vile pornography mm-hmm. um, I don't think his son's lifestyle surprises him at all his daughter in what we now know is her diary wrote about mm-hmm. possible sexual and I I'm not accusing him of this at all but is there something here with father and son and family that is is there something deeper going on here do you think i think so i think it's a it's a level of they they feel like they're above the law i think there's a level of depravity and i'm not saying that with hubris i mean when you look at the clinton's track record and biden and they're all close um there is it's 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 shocking um you know the epstein um they still haven't released the client list of course and they probably never will that is so that, 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 that is such a crime to me mm-hmm. that, that the people with power can cover up something that big and that important as if we don't have a right to know who you really are. Mm-hmm. So dangerous. The way the press went after me, because that's that's actually after, you know, the Megyn Kelly interview. That's when they really came after me. More in a minute with Terry. You know, we, we've um, we're talking about good and evil, and we're talking about what we're fighting, and and we're not fighting flesh and bone. We're not fighting Republicans and Democrats. We are truly fighting evil, and we need all of the good on our side that we can get. I uh, want to tell you about Preborn. This is a group that provides ultrasounds to all of the women's uh, centers. And the, these these clinics are all in the places where abortions happen the most. These guys are under attack, under attack from the federal government. I don't know how they're doing it, but I was just in a preborn center in Fort Worth, I think last week or the week before, 
and there is a there's a real good spirit there and uh, they are saving babies and i think that's why that spirit is there we need all of the good points in our favors we can't ask him to be on our side we have to be on his side Preborn has a passion to save unborn babies from abortion and women to come to Christ. And over the last 15 years, they have canceled over 450,000 women that were uh, considering abortions and 188,000 babies have been saved. Help us, will you? Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby. Pound 250, keyword baby. Or go to preborn.com slash Glenn. Did did they come after you to discredit or to destroy? Both. I think they were hoping I would shrivel up and just be quiet. But I got louder because it just, in my opinion, no one should abuse power like that. And, mm -hmm. and I tried to warn people, you know, I tried and I felt really an obligation, um, almost like public service, like to say, hey, look, this is what you're walking into and, and look at our country. This And I'm not... Again, I'm, I'm, it's not just because of personally what I suffered. I'm telling you, objectively, our country is suffering now is. because of this leadership and the, the depravity and the, and the corruption. I mean, you're watching people like AOC, like people like Biden, and they're just taking the, the hope and the trust of mm -hmm. working class people mm -hmm. and, just, and, and they just have, you know, destroyed it I, I will say too that i mean i don't know about the depraved part there seems to be you know i i, I don't know if you know who james Lindsay is but he used to be an atheist um and a democrat and mm -hmm. progressive and everything else and then he saw what was happening and i was interviewing and i said james with what is happening right now the way people are being destroyed destroyed the country mm -hmm. when a, a group of people tell you you're nothing mm -hmm. you'll never be anybody mm -hmm. unless you're with me mm -hmm. that's evil mm -hmm. and he said glenn uh, you know you know me i've not believed in good and evil he said that's the only way i can describe there is an evil mm -hmm. that is is happening and not everybody is involved in that but the republicans mitch mcconnell dirty as hell taking mm -hmm. money from china mm -hmm. it it there's both sides both are sides. doing that mm -hmm. how do we what do we have to do how do let me i guess this way what woke you what got you somebody who i'm guessing hated me you know mm -hmm. in the day no you don't need to say it that fast like yeah <laughs> um <laughs> But what got you to the point where you're like, I, I, have to, I have to give it a shot. I have to try listening and seeing if I'm missing something. How do we get there on both sides? Well, I think, I think listening to a variety of people, and, and right now we're pretty censored, so it's pretty difficult, right? It's going to get more so. And, and it is. Um, you're seeing people deplatformed, targeted, whatever, um, just like I was, mm -hmm. you know, targeted. Um, you know, and, and for your audience, what I mean by that is like, um, it's hard for me to get a job. It's hard for me to function. I lost my housing. I lost everything coming forward, everything. So I've been trying to, you know, come from back from that. But I will tell you that mm -hmm. I have 
such compassion for you because, you know, everybody always says, oh, they're only doing it because. Mm -hmm. And they don't usually see the toll it takes on people. Mm. And, um, you know, I've done my homework on you and Mm. the toll has been devastating on you. Mm -hmm. Devastating. I don't know how you're surviving, quite honestly. They basically um, tried to put me in prison a year ago. Um, for felony perjury. I was an expert witness for domestic violence victims. And um, the group of Democrats in Monterey County did a email and some trolls, uh, obviously, that were hired by DNC, did an email campaign and a phone campaign to have the prosecutor's office open up all my expert testimony. And so they tried to say I lied about my education, which I did not. And um, so eventually there was no investigation. Obviously, I wasn't convicted. But the word got back to me that Biden wanted to see me arrested right after the inauguration publicly. And that's what I heard, whether it's true or not. That is exactly what um, Mm -hmm. sources, whistleblowers have said that he said about Trump. Mm -hmm. I want him in jail. Right. That's terrifying. It's it's terrifying when you have no resources. I mean, Trump has some resources, at least. I do not. And um, it put me like I had to get lawyers and I had to get myself out of something that shouldn't have even started be- just because of what you talked about, which was your original question. What got me here? That process, the way I was vilified and watching um, watching them do the the Russiagate stuff, paying a million dollars for the for the steel dossier. They paid that that person a million dollars to uh, try to basically. Him, they said more. they'd give him a million dollars. They'd give him a million dollars. He could verify it Uh, see you know that's that that quid pro quo is not acceptable Mm -hmm. it's not right but especially coming from a federal agency that's that is really that's you're crossing a line into absolute authoritarianism abuse of power right and and getting back to your original question about you i've i've listened to you on and off i've listened to tucker carlson and i never had any animosity about other people that that have different views than me my best friends some of my close friends were republicans back from the day when i was in my 20s and um in law school one of my very very dear friends is is um actually a, a trump supporter and conservative republican and the divide that they're trying to portray on the media or the cl- or how close the U.S. To, is to civil war is contrived. So contrived that they're trying to force it. And I think one of the things they're doing to force it is by tanking it out on people to support Trump or like the January 6th, sure. you know, what, whatever, going after them in such a pointed way. So, so. they are, they are um, when you don't, you a good place to start when you're looking mm-hmm. for a truth or the truth is if either side is saying, don't even talk to anybody about it. Don't even listen to that. Don't read that. Right. That's your first sign. They're yeah. probably on the losing end. Um, mm-hmm. And they are getting so desperate. They are silencing people, but they're also attacking people like you. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of people um, in a way. And I hate, I do not like Alex Jones. I have reasons I don't like Alex Jones. Um, And what he did was despicable. Mm -hmm. But a billion dollars, Mm -hmm. a billion, Mm -hmm. they're going after people January 6th and they're making examples. So other people, like you just said, I don't have the resources to fight this. They remain silent. 
So you're on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm at home. I want to stand up. But I'm hearing what's happened to you, which is devastating. What do you say to that person? Well, I'd say that, you know, in your podcast, you also talked about recently about how truth sets you free. And I was keeping secrets for a powerful man. So when Megan Kelly gave me that opportunity, and now when you give me this opportunity now to speak my truth, that's freedom. That's more important. You know, money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. But our soul and being able to, to freely express ourselves, you, you know, that's priceless. And it's not, you, it's not quantifiable. I mean, it's, it's so I... Um, I appreciate people like you that are willing to listen to me, even though I was considered like a liberal Democrat in the past or whatever. I but you're, but you claim to be communists. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And Tucker Carlson is doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. If you watch his show, he has guests with all different kinds mm-hmm. of views. Um, but look what's happening to Julian Assange, for instance. Mm-hmm. And you may not agree with everything or you may. Um, but Julian Assange. Blew I, the I whistle. don't agree with necessarily some of the things or how he did some of the things. But what's happening to him is, I mean, it's Russia or Nazi stuff. I mean, yeah, Soviet (laughs) kind of stuff. It's it's more it's he it's a public execution happening in slow motion. Talk about making an example of someone and anybody who's a journalist should be watching that and go, okay, there's freedom of press. There's freedom of speech. Yeah, because this man's not even a U.S. citizen. He's Australian Uh being extradited under the Espionage Act. And they had a plot which was revealed, right? And it was legitimized to kill him in public. I mean, it's, I just feel like the Democratic Party has gotten too much power. And I, I know there is corruption in the Republican Party in both parties right now. There's a difference. But there's a difference. And I, call, you know, someone recently said predator class. And I think that's what we're dealing with. And going back to the depravity thing, because I don't want to like leave that kind of hanging, mm. like people wondering what I mean. When I went to D.C. as a young woman, I came from Hollywood and everyone knows what that's like. Right. And there were good and bad experiences that I had, you know, mostly positive when I was there. But I was shocked at how people that were in power and supposed to be helping us um, conducted themselves in private Um, when the cameras were turned off and the microphones were turned off. And like an example of that that's been made public was like the waitress sandwich, right? Christopher Dodd, Kennedy and Biden was friends with them, you know, doing what they did to this young woman who claimed it was an assault as well, went in and out of the press. But it's like people to them, and you touched on this earlier, they're not people, they're just, they're dehumanized, they're objects. So with me, because they know better, mm-hmm. they think they are better. Yeah, they're doing things to help the little people, and well, and I think just just kind of collecting yeah. their their wealth. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and just enjoying the spoils of fortune, if you will. I had um um, um Massey from Connecticut or from uh, Kentucky say to me once, he wasn't wearing his congressional pin. We were going to Congress, and he wasn't wearing his congressional pin. And he started putting it on, and I said, everybody just wears that all the time. You don't wear that all the time? He said, it's the Lord of the Rings. This <laughs> is my precious. And he said, if you wear it everywhere, you will start to believe you are different. He said, I've watched people do it. I take it off, and I wear it only when I'm in the Capitol. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. 
pretty it is my precious that's funny yeah um when you said earlier you said um after the incident it changed you Mm. can you tell me that um what the role of keeping the secret how that changed you it wasn't i would imagine you kind of lost your innocence of mr smith and you're like what is this so you've kind of lost your belief in the country a a bit or Mm -hmm. the system yeah um um and you've lost your faith in this guy and that system but then you kept a secret because you thought tell me the corrosive nature of how did that affect you over 20 years i think deeply and almost spiritually because you're not you're not living authentically right you're not like seeing what's really happened to you it's like almost like you're you're hiding something but it's not even for yourself you're hiding it for someone else kind of Mm -hmm. or you're hiding it out of fear in a sense because at that time there was no mechanism to come forward and write like i mentioned me too Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. well me too didn't help me at all obviously they it's me too only unless it's a blue candidate right right um so there was no infrastructure to support me coming forward because he had a lot of resources and power and he always has so it made it worse it made it worse and when he was vp i talked about it or complained about it privately but i didn't even consider going to the press and um when when monica Lewinsky happened Mm -hmm. what was going through your head i was like oh yeah that's the atmosphere this is how they they're again back to the predator class but also during that period of time it wasn't even looked upon as that remarkable right i thought it was um i think but but i'm talking about in that circle in the the beltway in the beltway that's their that's their modus operandi right that's and he seems at least in that case Mm -hmm. kind of tender compared to what you experienced they had a relationship i didn't have a relationship that was an assault what i experienced was like um you know and and joe biden always kinds of reminds me of like a um an arrogant frat boy kind of he can get away with whatever um bill clinton you know has a history that's you know we don't even need to get into but it's but it's major but one of the people that i met after i came forward was winita broadrick and she did not willingly come forward it came forward because she gave it in a testimony about the rape there's a police report she was injured i mean it's it's real but how many people even know of her right and at the time before before all of this with monica Lewinsky, i didn't know about monica about um winita broderick i didn't know about all of that so you have to look at then at the people around clinton and one of the people that keeps things quiet that also worked for biden is james carville really and i think james carville to me he's he's not good he's and i don't i don't it's my opinion it's my opinion he's not a good man and um just watching the way he's covered up things that clinton's done watching the way he worked around biden watching him even speak publicly now i mean they have their their guard dogs that basically protect their power right Mm -hmm. james carville's one of them so it's not just the actor that you're looking at like clinton right the actor of the crimes it's the people that are complicit 
More in just a minute. If you're one of the millions of Americans who suffer every day from pain, I want you to listen up. There is hope. And it comes in the form of relief factor. Every day, um, gosh, I saw, I think, two different testimonials today. And I've got a stack of them on my desk. Testimonials of people who said, today's testimonial that I just read a few minutes ago was um, a woman who said um, she had a fall. She screwed up her lower back. She said, I got to a point after years that I just couldn't even hardly walk anymore. She tried Relief Factor after everything else. And now this is a miracle for her. Um, She said, I'm completely out of pain. That's crazy. That's crazy. I meet people who it's a miracle for. Um, I met somebody just the other day, too, that they took it and it didn't work. 70% of the people who take it, it works for. 30%, it doesn't really have any effect. It's kind of like ibuprofen with me. Um, I don't know about, you know, nothing can promise you these kinds of results with no effects. It's natural. But I got to tell you, I got my life back. And that's a miracle. ReliefFactor.com. Go there now. ReliefFactor.com. Get your life back. I am um, probably, um, if there were an enemy list of George Soros, I would be somewhere in the top five, I would imagine. Oh, I am too. Uh, yeah. Um, I kind of wear it as a badge of honor. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I've often thought, he doesn't have to give orders. People Mm-mm. at that level, they don't have to say, do this. Mm-mm. There are so many people around them that know that that'll make my boss happy, put me in a good position. We don't ever have to talk about it. And so you have this second level of corruption that mm-hmm. happens all around these people right. that they may not even know about, but... Even if they did, they'd be like, I don't Good job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. I mean, Panetta was with Clinton at that time, right? Mm-hmm. And then Panetta resigned. That was a big flag, right? But also, he was one of the people, you know, that kept, you know, that. And then he became head of the CIA. I think what we're looking at and, you know, for your audience's purposes when they look at, okay, what do we do? We see all this corruption. We're hearing all these terrible things. What do we do? And that was your original question. What does someone do? Would I, do I regret some of the ways I came forward? Yes. I would never have trusted the New York Times. Okay, number one. Hmm. (laughs) Again, right, that debacle. Like they printed my social security number. Um, They retracted it. Uh, Do you have the original copy of it? Oh yeah, I have the, I can send it to you. But um, there was a lawsuit I filed actually against New York Times for for printing my social security number. What Um, was the reason for printing your social security number? They said it was an accident. They did it on my congressional ID because it's on there and they didn't black it out. Well, everyone else in media had marked it out. They said it was just accidental that's amazing how many accidents happen they they gave my my right they gave how old i was they gave my mother's maiden name they gave all kinds of things in the article and then my social security number was online so look and then immediately i had a barrage of Of course that's the unspoken power Mm -hmm. i'm on that team i can take care of things yeah so going to what you said yeah but what was interesting was the New York Times reporter told me something that, that stayed with me. When they first went to the Biden campaign about, 
you know, me coming forward. They didn't answer them. They faxed them an article about me, you know, basically saying I was a Russian agent because I said something positive about Putin. So they didn't answer the question. And that's the thing. Switch and bait. That's classic political moves. I mean, I'm sure Republicans do it too. Switch and bait, right? Change the subject so you don't have to deal with the core of the accusation. So what I would say, again, going back to your listeners, what to do is, um, even though it's been so hard, it's been excruciating at times, and I don't even know what my next step is as far as, you know, being in the world, I don't regret it. It lifted a huge burden off of me to tell that secret that I was carrying because it wasn't my secret. It's just something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't disrespectful for me to tell what happened to me. There was so much shame around the issue. And now, you know, I'd, that shame released. Any, any liberal or Democrat friends that stuck with you through this or did that all go away? I have lost friends and family over this. People family. say, yeah, we know family members that were hardcore dumbs that said, we know it happened because they knew, but he lost his son. I know. Can we stop <laughs> with that? My I know. Gosh, I know. we've all had tragedy. My cousin said that to me. Oh my gosh. I know. So what he lost his son. What does that mean? And then um, a lot of times, like another older woman said, oh, this is just how men were at that time. Get over it. And I, my answer to that is, well, sure. I mean, obviously, a lot of time has passed. I am over that. But what I'm not over is that I lost my career and that he not only attacked me then to making sure that I couldn't have a career, but then in 2019 and 2020, he made sure that I couldn't even make a living and possibly go to prison. So, yeah, you know, it's not that I have a chip on my shoulder. And he was it's still doing it. He's right. still. This is abuse of power. But but my whole point is, this isn't just about me. I'm like the the microcosm of a bigger problem. They're doing this to whole countries. They're no. doing this to groups of people. Now they're doing it to the Republicans. They're doing it to Julian Assange, as we mentioned. Yeah. So so this. And it's uh, people don't understand. Mm-hmm. It just happened to Kanye West. Yeah. Where agree or disagree with Kanye. Think he's nuts. Don't think he's nuts. Mm-hmm. He just lost his banking services. Banking services. They said, we don't want you banking here anymore. We're becoming a country where you can. It's a digital ghetto. Mm-hmm. They don't have to put you behind a wall because the public square is online. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do banking, you can't have a job, you, mm-hmm. you're in a ghetto. You're in a ghetto. I was told by an employer that I was a security risk. And then another one, they couldn't hire me. And another a potential employer said, look, you know what? Wait, maybe we'll look at you when Biden isn't president anymore. But we don't want our company's taxes looked at. We don't want to be targeted. We don't want to be um, hacked. So there you have it. So, so the Democratic Party doesn't have to actively do anything. But they basically discredited, discredited me and just went after me using their resources. Like, for instance, Really America, which is a super PAC that belongs to the Democratic Party. There's a, a dude online called Brooklyn Dad. Mm-hmm. He does targets. He targeted the Cuomo survivors. He targeted me. Targets different people, Republicans. He went really after the January 6th protesters. Um, 
the Brooklyn dad account, he makes $33,000 is what was revealed a month. From? From the super PAC. To, do, oh to just tweet, God. to sit on his ass, excuse me, and yeah. tweet, and tweet vile things. I mean, this is the amount of money that they're throwing at the disinformation. And now, you know, you just saw the revelations about COVID, and I won't get too much into that because I know that gets censored. Mm -hmm. People get their platforms shut down. They get demonetized, you know. Doctors have lost their jobs, their mm -hmm. practices. Their, they could go to jail now in California. Mm -hmm. That's that's yeah. way out of line. PayPal announced, remember, a few days ago, mm -hmm. 2,500. Then they backtracked mm -hmm. and said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Well, it's still being floated. Well, no, it's still they only backtracked on um, what they deem misinformation. Mm -hmm. But if they deem it to be hateful, it's still twenty five hundred dollars. And who is they? Who, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's who like the Bank of America yeah. saying you just said something hateful. I'm taking twenty five hundred dollars out of your account. Yeah. You're what? Yeah. I know it's we're in stunning times. So people need to to speak up. They need to um, listen to independent podcasters and, and whatever. And before you dismiss something as a conspiracy theory. You know, maybe listen a little bit because remember Pizzagate, right? <laughs> okay, that was mm -hmm. nonsense, right? My theory, and this is just my personal theory, knowing from the work that I've done, that was a CIA ops because they knew the Epstein thing was coming to, it was, it was bubbling up in Florida. Mm -hmm. There was a federal investigation. There was local reporters. There was, it was starting, it wasn't national attention yet. So they made up a story that seems so ridiculous that anyone talking about Epstein um, is considered a conspiracy theorist. One of those poor human trafficking victims actually on her Twitter handle had, I am not a conspiracy, I am a human. Wow. That's how, th that's the abuse of power. It goes back to, um, I think it was Eisenhower that warned us. Oh yeah. About where we are now. Oh yeah. If we would have just mm -hmm. listened to that one speech mm -hmm. and we, we all listen to the military industrial complex, which again mm -hmm. was a conspiracy theory. Oh, you're afraid of the military industrial complex, mm -hmm. but that's not all he warned about. He mm -hmm. warned about science. Mm -hmm. He warned about education. He was right mm -hmm. about all of that. You're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, Oliver Stone, award-winning director. Igor Lepotinik, another one. They're on Ukraine military kill lists. American journalist Wyatt Reed was almost killed three days ago. He's an American journalist in Donbass, but he's not necessarily doing the State Department talking points, right? He, on WhatsApp, you know, the little WhatsApp communication, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he gave his location to someone. An hour later, his hotel was bombed. He survived, but... I mean, this is this is where we're headed. Big tech is kind of colluding with 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 all of this. But back to Oliver Stone and Igor Lepunenik, they had their d documentary Ukraine on Fire, right? It got taken down by YouTube. Oliver Stone's an award-winning director. If he can have something taken down from YouTube that had been up for years, like it's not a new mm -hmm. documentary. Isn't that amazing? I, I uh, more information not less information mm -hmm. um, and trust the American people. I, I love yeah. what um, 
um, Churchill kind of echoed this later, but mm-hmm. but uh, Jefferson said uh, he didn't want any scholars or any, you know, any kind of test on who was in a jury box. Mm-hmm. I want the regular person. He said, I right. want farmers because there's something that keeps people rooted in truth when they have their hands in the soil all the time. Um, but he said, you know, we're going to have to live with a system that the American people are going to get it wrong, but trust them that they'll eventually figure it out. Mm-hmm. We don't have a system where we get the benefit of the doubt at all, that they don't trust us. And it's like, wait a minute, we're the ones supposed to be skeptical of you. Mm-hmm. And you call us conspiracy theorists because we're skeptical of you. Right. You know what I mean? And you're doing all of these things and you don't you don't know where conspiracy theory begins and conspiracy fact ends. Right. And that's how it can be weaponized. Right. Yes. Right. Against people. And I, I really think, too, that, that, that this is such a remarkable time because we can we're at a crossroads right now. We're facing nuclear annihilation. We are facing it right this minute. Do you, why do you say that? Why do you? Because you said this a couple of times and mm-hmm. I look in your eyes and you feel like I know this is coming. Mm-hmm. Why? Who, who, what? Is it Putin? Is it Biden? No. Is it what? I, I think that the hawks that are in our administration right now, mm-hmm. we call them or whatever. But I think back um, in 2020, I gave an interview and I said, I think that Joe Biden will try to take us to a war in Russia. And someone privately said, don't say stuff like that. It sounds like a conspiracy. Where are we? We're in a proxy war against Russia. I say that because he's always had this kind of vision. You have Andrew Blinken, you have other other people that are in, Anthony Blinken, excuse me, that are in there that really see Russia as the enemy. They see it as a way um, that it's it's kind of a superpower, but not as a soft power. They, they can manipulate it a bit in their eyes. This is coming from their view. But also there's people around Biden that really believe that you can have a limited nuclear war. And I think that's crazy, and I don't think that's possible, but there are people in power right now, and that's why we're so close. The rhetoric has gotten to a point But where, Biden was part of the yeah. administration with Obama that was trying to reset our relationship with Russia. They were never. When I was a young person, and the, the actually the Soviet Union had just fallen, there was such a, um, you know, a, still wanting to make Russia the enemy. But the the word, the scuttle on the hill at that time was they were never going to have a seat at the table economically. And Russia was starting to become, because it has natural resources, um, mm-hmm. a power. And, you know, they have a lot of innovation in science like we do. And that's not acceptable to the people that are in power right now. And so you look at the hostility towards China. And one thing, you know, that I feel bad about, because I was very... Um, anti-Trump but Trump was right and he didn't get us close to a nuclear war but he was right about a lot of things so uh, the most surprising thing to me because I swore because I was against him mm-hmm. I, I swore I would have testified in any court of law that mm-hmm. I am absolutely right about Donald Trump that he's dirty and mm-hmm. it's just going to take some investigation mm-hmm. and that he is a madman Mm-hmm. That will just throw us into chaos. 
wow, don't I wish for the good old days of Donald Trump now. Yeah. He, there was a method to his madness. Mm-hmm. We are in actual madness now. Because you're with career politicians that have a lot to lose. They have a lot to lose. And they don't want to lose it. Western hegemony is is at the brink of not being. It, you know, if there were leaders, and I think what Donald Trump was trying to say, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, so I don't want to be wrong. But one of the things that he was trying to point out is that economic bridges needed to be there because he's a businessman. Yeah, yeah. So right now we have politicians that have no interest in that. But, but the fact of the matter is we're in a multipolar world right now, right? It just is. Mm-hmm. So if we participated in it instead of being the total unipolar power, like all having all the control, if we participated as, you know, that, there would be innovation and there would be economic, you know, it would be enough for everyone. And I don't understand why that's so hard. It's so much better than just feeding the military, right? The way we're doing. And um, I've always had a yeah. faith in, well, I always had a faith in our justice system. I, I don't trust yeah. them at all. And I've always had a faith that our military people are mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. And there might be crazy generals and, you know, everything else might be some dirtbags in. There's dirtbags in any group. Um, but generally they were good and honest and had integrity. I worry about the future of our military i think if we go dark if we don't correct this now this power will not be lost it will be corrupted mm-hmm. and we will become an extraordinarily bad nation well i mean look at how we treat the military people that volunteer they, they recently they just told them to go on food stamps i mean and we have the biggest military budget in the world why are the soldiers going on food stamps? Where's that money going? What I'm talking about with, with the military industrial complex is the manufacturers of weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who's the, pocketing, lining the their pockets. business of war. Lockheed Martin, you know, all of them, right? So when you watch CNN and when, and when you know, your audience members watch those major news networks, they won't always put on there, like even Panetta, he sits on the board of a weapons manufacturer. So who is he going to be talking and... You know what I mean? For he's not talking for the people. He doesn't represent anyone anymore. He's he's trying to make money. How do we solve this? I think that one of the things is we need to change who's running the government. So, you know, instead of talking about regime change in other countries, <laughs> we need to talk about it here. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a, you know, overthrow sort of way i think that the overthrow can come internally i think people just need to think critically you know the american people are not children although the democratic party wants to treat people like that to 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 kind of come out of your day-to-day grind and really really before you feel like you have to do something because the government's telling you to question it it's okay and if they don't allow you to question it which is what's happening. They're not in line with the Constitution. You've already lost your country. Yeah, we've lost our country. That. So, so it has to start with each person really standing up. And, you know, I tried to do my bit. <laughs> we saw how that went. And, but I'm still here. And I'm still speaking. And I have a podcast. So if anybody wants to listen. What's the podcast? The Politics of Survival. Ooh. And, yeah, and I have um, interesting people on there. I just had Wyatt Reed, the journalist that was almost killed. Um, on there because he was reporting from Donbass and um, you know 
I think it's important we, and you don't know his name because mainstream media didn't even cover the fact that American journalist was almost killed and that the Ukraine military targeted him. Yeah. I was um, towards the end of Fox and the things that were happening around me, and mm-hmm. the, the machine, as you call it, right? seeing the machine and seeing how it actually works was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And my wife said to me, I feel like we're living a Jason Bourne movie. Exactly. She's right. right. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it seems crazy. But until you actually get there, mm-hmm. it, you see behind the curtain and you see the machine and you're like, holy mother. We, 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 we got a lot of work to do. Yeah, and I, I want to give some practical tips to to your audience. If there's someone out there that has something to say that's really you know powerful or had the experience, um, use encrypted um, technology. Use Proton Mail. Use um, that's one that's a nonprofit or whatever. I don't I don't know how they work, but Proton Mail is encrypted. Um, Telegram is more encrypted, but things like WhatsApp. Things like Facebook, those are all intelligence is already got their fingers in them. And one of the things that we need to do as a country is we need to get big tech out of the privacy. Edward Snowden, which I know people see him because that's the message is that he's a traitor, but he exposed um, the mass surveillance. So in my personal eyes, he's he's a hero. I know to others he's not. I I will tell you that I, I thought he was a hero. Then he ran to Russia and thought, wait a minute, what's that about? And then I saw that he was forced to go there. You're, yeah. You're like, what are you going to do? He was forced. Right. Um, yeah. Um, but he was his act was heroic to let us know. And what's crazy? Mm-hmm. No one seemed to care. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like when I came forward about Biden and exposed what I did, you had people posting online. I don't care. I'll blue no matter who. It's better than Trump. That's the rhetoric. That's the brainwashing. Do you think that's changing now? Do you yes. Think, what do you think is going to happen in the election? I think that it's going to, I think the Democrats, and I'm going to say this and people can like contact me <laughs> if I'm wrong, but I really think the Democrats are going to lose the House and the Senate. I think they're, they're so desperate. That's why they're taking desperate measures like going into people's bank accounts and yeah, I think we're there. I think. Um, so let me yeah. ask you this, because you know the machine. The only thing is, I said this in 2020, mm-hmm. and uh, you will never convince me that you could convince me that Trump won. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, sorry, that lost. Mm-hmm. You can convince me that he won, mm-hmm. but you'll never convince me there wasn't a massive effort to throw that election towards Biden. Um, And I said all the way on the lead up, why are they so confident? Why are they so Mm -hmm, confident mm -hmm. and so reckless with policies? Look at the arrogance now. Yeah. Is that because they're just completely out of touch because of their arrogance and they think everybody's with them? Or do they know something we don't know? (laughs) My opinion is I think they've rigged the game. You've got 200 right, corporations that own all the media in the West. 200. That's not very many when you mm-hmm. really get down to it, right? Yeah. You have um, big tech in their pocket. 
Okay, and 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 they're pretty much mostly in the Democratic or the neoliberal oh, yeah. pocket. Yeah. I think what you're watching though is unfolding is a pushback because I think neoliberalism is dead. I think that that is gone. It's and I think they know it. So there's confidence that they're putting out there, but I think there's also a desperation. I think they know that there's a shift coming. And you know, I think there was a recent poll that was very public about how 80 to 90% of the public don't trust media. That says it right there. People are done being lied to. Now this COVID thing and about how the level of those lies and how people were paid to lie, that's, that's coming incredible. out. We, you know, it's just, you know, I hope that there are consequences. And, um, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, I think is to me, really a hero the way she came forward. I like her. And exited the Democratic Party. Yeah. I don't know what her future holds, but my prediction is, you know, maybe DeSantis, Tulsi Gabbard, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but her future, I think people resonate with her. And the sad thing about vilifying some of the people that went to January 6th is that working people just wanted someone who was talking real to them. And, and you know, you can say what you want about Trump and he's, You're right. you know, and I'm not pro Trump at all, as you know, but he is who he is. He exactly right. And he is who he is. And people were so desperate mm -hmm. for someone and it's only getting worse for someone to recognize them Exactly. And not stab them in the back. Mm -hmm. And when he held true to them, mm -hmm. that's where the, that's, that's, that's he's not is. a hypnotist. No. He just understands there's a huge portion of this country who is constantly dismissed and called names constantly. Yeah. And all they do is they just they pay taxes. They they work hard. They're trying to raise mm -hmm. their kids. They just want to be left alone. And mm -hmm. they seem to keep getting the short end of the stick. And the American dream is further and further from everyone's yes. reach. And that's what, that's what, so what you saw bubbling up wasn't about Trump. It was about oh, yeah. the working class not having anyone to look to for real help. And this, He's not the cause. Yeah. He's the effect. Mm -hmm. And Joe Biden is not working class. And he tries to put this, you know, the, again, the wolf in oh. sheep's clothing. He tries to put this whole persona on that he's working class. No, he's not. He's, he's elite. And he's, you know, and it's like what was said, they're an elite cabal and they are holding on to their power by any means. In a perfect world. Mm -hmm. What does justice look like to you for you? Ah, uh, well, I want it to be for more than just me because I'm older now and you know, yeah. my time is, mm -hmm. I, I don't expect there to be justice about my particular case, but I really hope what would look like justice to me is a congressional investigation into Joe Biden. I want to see his crimes of corruption, not just my case, but the other crimes exposed publicly. I want to see you say the that democratic with conviction national that there is mm -hmm. crime that he committed that press mainstream media won't, even suggest they suggested this week absolutely no evidence of any kind of crime of joe biden that's super frustrating because i <laughs> and yeah. i'm trying to like hold my mm -hmm. but like i experienced a direct crime what would be considered a crime right so there mm -hmm. was my my personal case but but besides that 
on media, he basically committed a crime and everyone saw the interview where he talked about firing the, mm-hmm. the attorney mm-hmm. in, in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's right there. And then, of course, the Saudi Arabia just released a letter, talked about how they were being coerced mm-hmm. into waiting until after the midterms. Mm-hmm. But I don't, it's not even getting mainstream attention. So, yeah, that's frustrating that the mainstream media is so complicit with that corruption. But that, that's where we're at. Well, so, was, look to, into me, like, you know, I'm on INN, Independent News Network. You have your war media. I mean, you have um, mm-hmm. your media. Everyone has different. Um, there's different outlets we can look to now before they take us all down, right? Mm-hmm. Before they blaze TV. We better all yeah. hang together mm-hmm. or we will all hang separately. Yes. And, you know, they're taking out, like they say, they're taking out, you know, the right wing, some of the right wing spokes, but they're also doing that to the left or mm-hmm. people that are considered lefty. Oh, I, I, but, yeah. I have plenty of new friends and fans who were diehard on the left i mean mm-hmm. many of them would never have even considered coming on the show even after they left the democratic party i was mm-hmm. still a monster and they've become good friends of mine and been on the mm-hmm. show and everything else not because we agree right but we agree on the search for truth yes truth that's it there you have it it has been a delight to talk to you Thank you for coming down. Thank you for being so open and listening to me. I really am, was happy to be here. Thank you. Just a reminder, I'd love you to rate and subscribe to the podcast and pass this on to a friend so it can be discovered by other people. 